I'm talking 2011. I think a lot of things have changed. Back then, right, Flipkart was still a very early stage company, so you can imagine the landscape. So getting talent was very, very difficult back in the day. Harder thing also was convincing them to come join us. People are not, uh, you know, willing to sort of convince their families or themselves convinced to go join early stage companies. हेलो एवरीवन सो इफ यू हैव एवर वंडर्ड कि ये लॉगिन के लिए जो ओटीपी एंड आईवीआर कॉल्स हैं कैसे और कहां से आ रहे हैं सो टुडे वी आर टॉकिंग टू वेंकी हु इज द फाउंडर एंड सीईओ ऑफ प्लीवो प्लीवो एनेबल करता है ये कस्टमर इंटरेक्शंस जो हम बात कर रहे थे प्लीवो वन ऑफ द लार्जेस्ट रेवेन्यू जनरेटिंग स्टार्टअप्स है इंडिया में वी टॉक टू वेंकी अबाउट फाइंडिंग कोफाउंडर्स अबाउट व्हाई कॉम्बिनेटर अबाउट रेजिंग कैपिटल एंड अबाउट ग्रोइंग द कंपनी वेलकम गो वेंचर पॉडकास्ट के सीजन 2 पे I'm Pratish Kumar, your host and co-founder of Functiona. I've run multiple companies, raised and burnt capital, and have shut startups down too. Fail, learn, and succeed at almost everything that the startup and business world can offer. Hence, Go Venture Podcast is a friendly reminder on all the hacks and strategies to grow and achieve your dreams. Lastly, join our group in the description to share stuff and startup networking with like-minded folks. Let's go. Hey, Venki. Welcome to the podcast. So, so my first startup was actually before even 2000s. Uh, this was when I was 16, 17. And this was 1999, if I'm getting my timing or uh, dates right. So this was uh, you know, pre-dot-com bust, right? Dot-com bust happened around that 2000, uh, 2001 era. This was pre-2000 uh, era. So it was like, I think there were, people didn't know what startups were. This was, so my first startup was essentially around, uh, Uh, you know, ironically, even even in 1999 was VoIP calling. So what we used to do is we used to allow calls from Delhi to Mumbai uh, using internet. And before the call was actually made, people had to sort of, you know, listen to an ad or a couple of ads before the call actually connected. So that was an interesting model. Uh, I don't think, like I said, I don't think startups was a concept back in the day. I don't think, uh, you know, most people would understand what that was. There was a lot of... I. So there were, you know, I think a lot of uh, initial folks who would be doing a lot of this web development, web consulting, you know, HTML, it was called CGI, Perl, PHP, sort of mm-hmm. dev work, services work out of India. That was what India was popular back in the day, you know, 1999, 2000. And I still remember, like, uh, so I was, I was in Delhi uh, and, uh, uh, you know, there were these cyber cafes where you would, I mean, we didn't have internet access at home. So we would go to the cyber cafes and uh, sit out of the cyber cafes and work out of that. So that was 2000 era. And that was my startup back in the day. 2000, I think 2005, 2008, uh, you know, the emphasis, the TCSs of the world had set up the services culture in India. So there was a lot of that outsourcing sort of uh, mm-hmm. gamut of things that happened back in the day. I don't think startups were still popular. Uh, Thank you. How did you get started then? Because I, like you rightly said, in 1999, I don't think the word existed, right? 
किसी को नाइनटीन में अगर कुछ करना होता तो आप धंधा करने जा रहे हो बिजनेस करने जा रहे हो राइट तो हाउ डिड यू गेट स्टार्टेड हाउ डिड यू थिंक ऑफ मैसेजर्स and where i would interact with a lot of folks in the uh, states in the us right and uh, because of that what ended up happening is i would see like how people would make money online uh, right so so that was i think the kick which was or the curiosity if you, if you want to sort of uh, hmm. think of it that from that perspective like it, i would see people making money online in the states and they would talk about it on the, in these forums so the so the yeah it was just that like how can i be sitting where i am and not worry about location being an issue and still be able to make money i think it started with that and i wanted to i mean all my i think a lot of my uh, you know friends had like bikes and stuff so i wanted to buy a bike back in the day this bike was a uh, you know cbz cbz was yeah, like popular yeah. <laughs> so, you, so 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 yeah i just want to buy that and, and and ride the bike and which is why i wanted the money <laughs> <laughs> i think i think uh, when i think kavadi mentioned as wanting to make money and uh, b ka startup ecosystem agar hum dekhenge to bahut different ho gaya right uh, people do want to make money but eventually maybe right abhi what has happened is that uh, businesses are not built in a way where businesses start to make money right businesses and startups especially are being built in a way where they burn a lot of capital and hence what i want to understand is why do you think uh, startups uh, raise and burn so much capital sure i mean look uh... there are, there are multiple different reasons okay i think i think over time things have sort of uh changed in terms of you know why startups do it but i i mean at least if i analyze why did we go raise we have raised some venture capital as well right so why did we raise and and when i analyze a lot of my peer groups and you know we've go, both gone through y combinator so we understand you know how that model works so just quickly you know looking at broad three points of why that happens first is usually R&D, like I mean, if you look at your P&L, right, like each year file, you see the expenses where they are. So it's usually to manage those expenses. Usually it's R&D, which is you know product engineering. Uh, if you are building something non-software, and if you have a hard problem, then obviously capital becomes even more important. So usually it's one of that is that like one of the uh, one of the reasons is that the second one is distribution. This is more applicable, I think, is to uh, to B to C companies. Mm-hmm. Although I think even in SaaS now it's becoming harder and harder versus like ten years, eleven years ago, right, where I think distribution was I wouldn't say uh, simpler but but at least there wasn't so much competition right so I think sec- the the second region is usually that and then I think you combine both of that and and say like once you figured out you know your R&D like you have a product market fit and you have you know the feature set to what the customer wants and then you have figured out uh, your um distribution then usually it's a factor of like how do I scale this right so people call it growth people call it scale like there are there are multiple different reasons behind it so usually it's that there are also other reasons but primarily i find it to be these three uh, and i think yeah liquidity for cash in the bank safety mm-hmm. there are a number of other things why people raise uh, money and and then but i think you you specifically asked me about burn so so i think it's those three the top three i think we will discuss about growth venki and i think it will be a very interesting discussion uh, given ki plevo ka jo growth raha hai bahut remarkable raha and it has been one of the fastest growing saas companies out of india and a bahut remarkable story hai. we'll discuss about it right it goes somewhere between maybe a uh, a uh, 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 saas company like whatfix and a 
totally bootstrap company like uh, zoho right and it's an interesting interesting way the way you guys have built plevo but i, I want to talk about uh, uh, fundraise right now i want to talk about say uh, the pros and cons of uh, raising capital from a uh, venture from a vc firm what do you think uh, would be the good and bad of it sure yeah i think i think uh, and and this maybe is useful uh, to to the listeners especially you know either first time founders or folks who are wanting to start something up i think this would be very interesting because i mean i'll just tell you the pros and cons of what we thought you know when we started out versus how we think about it today i think a lot has changed in our thought process so i'll just share that perspective and obviously i think you know i'm i'm giving you the founder perspective uh, a vc uh, would have a very different perspective right so, uh, and and i think they would agree with like both sides would agree to most of this in terms of how we think about it right i mean the obvious pro with the with the you know venture capital firm is the word capital <laughs> right because because you're sort of raising money so i think that's the biggest pro if you if you ask me in terms of you know what's what do vcs bring to the table i think it's the capital is the money it's really really useful uh, to a lot of first time founders uh, you know or where the business model is very capital intensive right uh, so obviously that's the biggest pro i think the second one of why we raised vc capital uh it is is this is how we thought about it back in you know 2011 uh you know getting into 2012 on what would be a pro for the vc capital money we raise is credibility like for us we were a platform company right and uh, a lot of businesses for for them to be able to build on top of us they would want the platform to or they would have wanted the platform to have credibility and we were first time founders right we were not you know second time third time founder we did not have our own pedigree in terms of having that credibility so i think credibility is a, a, a great reason and not just for customers but also hiring like for employees you know when they see some vc has invested in the company they see specific brands around that mm-hmm. that creates a lot of credibility right so i think uh, credibility is the the number two pro and then usually okay all of us as founders you know you we think if we get one of these big names i'm not going to name anyone but if we get one of these big names the pro is going to be they give you they're going to give you a ton of advice right you'll have like uh, you know great folks uh on on your cap table or or on your board if you've late stage fundraising as uh, if you're going to get a lot of uh, advice i think advice is the least of the things from a pro is is what i've realized over time i think network is more important uh, they can connect you with a lot of good folks in terms of uh, you know folks they are aware of uh, from a networking perspective but advice is usually minimal because they have a lot of companies they've invested in and it usually they don't have so much time to spend with each company at least at early stage right if you've hmm. in the late stage investment uh, around it's a different story uh, right they may have more time to spend with you but usually early stage is is lesser so that those are the pros on the cons i would say uh, yeah i mean uh, in return for capital uh, capital raise right like uh, you're giving up your equity so i think I, i i don't think this is really a con it's just a question of being aware that you are diluting capital or rather you are giving away equity and if you're okay with that that's that's totally fine it's part of the equation where you take money in return for equity so necessarily not a con but something for everybody to be aware with because once you go that model it's hard to sort of uh you know later on 5 7 10 years down the line uh, rethink the whole plan right it's mm-hmm. it's really hard to do that so mm-hmm. be aware that that's part of the play it's a it's a it's part of the game and you have to play that game once you get on to it uh, so so that's you know the the first piece of it i think the second piece again it's not a con but i think understanding this especially uh, important for first time founders uh it's important to understand how the vc model works right so when you get money and you're a first time founder you're all excited because you have a great logo on your 
you know, fundraise around and you have a, a great announcement coming on TechCrunch or somewhere else saying you've raised X million dollars of money. But understanding that, uh, you know, VC's model is a specific model where they need to show return in the next seven to 10 years, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So for them, exit is really, really important. So I think making sure you understand that, right? Uh, and align with that. I think that's my, you know, third point as well. Like, I think alignment is like super critical, right? Uh, so alignment, both on the timeline, who are you getting on board? Do they understand your story, right? Like all of that stuff. I think that's like super critical. Uh, and alignment could be a con if it goes wrong, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Especially especially when you've raised money and when you start raising more and more money, you, I mean, we've seen so many of these stories, right? Uh, mm-hmm. in, 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 the, in the Silicon Valley uh, where it's publicly spoken about now. Uh, but I think those are the three areas, not necessarily cons, but if they go wrong, you know, that could mm-hmm. backfire. So I think the founders need to be mindful of it. And then I think, yeah, just thinking about as a first time founder, if you're starting a company, uh, you know, a lot of VCs would look at how large the market is. They would typically ask you that question, how large the market is, how large do you think you can get? So just thinking about whether the company you want to run and how you want to run it, is, is, that, is that all even aligned with the VC model of the three points I just spoke about? I think I think uh, I think uh, while you're talking now, uh, when you realize that unicorn club pressure, which makes you think and do things differently, had you not raised funds, right? When you raise funds, so unicorn club pressure ban jata, right? And most importantly, funders who karti hai na companies mein, companies who karti hai, unpe perpetual pressure hota hai ki dubara se fundraise karna hai, and right. and time that it takes away from your from your business is a lot right and that pressure is also and it makes you do things differently also bahut sare aise decisions lete ho jo shayad if you are not fundraising you would not have taken right i i, I could give you an example for example when companies fundraise they have to burn a lot right to show that that uh, hockey stick curve right which ideally would not you would not have done maybe in that quarter right maybe you would have done it in a different quarter right i think but yes like you said ki uh, external support capital has helped a lot of companies uh i can i'm pretty sure i think uh i i was just reading uh there is one company that definitely comes to my mind usko ki there is uber uber right uber was 2010 ki company shayad i believe and they have never made uh, uh profits in their entire history uber has been loss making for the last 12 13 years ab i think is saal pehli baar shayad uber might end up making profit but yes uh, 32 billion ka revenue karti uber uh capital and funding has helped some companies build up to build a lot of value and build a lot of history also behind them so ultimately upon individual founders and businesses to decide karne ke liye bhai hamara business kya zarurat yeah that's a good, that, that's a good point right look i mean not even not even the the private companies right like up uh, amazon ko dekh lo up right like so so even amazon like they went ipo public in 2000 i think one ish mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. since then like for the next 18 years you know they were just telling the story about like we're reinvesting all of our money back into growth and look all i mean it, it's worked out fine for them but i think if they did not have amazon web services i think they'd be in trouble that is what i would yeah. say right <laughs> yeah. like I, i think a lot of their cash cash flow is coming from amazon web services so i'm not really sure uh, that model is for everyone i think it works for a lot of companies like i think if uber is able to turn this around great but there was a time when uber was almost died right so mm-hmm. i think it's high risk yeah it's like i mean if you if you sort of uh, you know traded in the stock market right it's high risk high reward sort of a situation and that's the model like I, that's what i'm saying that's the investment model where the risk is very high but you want to run or chase that higher reward but a lot of times i don't think that's the only way to do business right like uh, like you don't have to sort of chase that uh, high risk high reward model you can still build it sustainably like for us for example right 
we've been in business for 13 years now for us chasing a high risk model is too risky for us right like so we we don't want to do growth at all costs because what if we burn and crash and the 12 13 years of time frame we've invested in the company then it's like all gone right so so for us like like i mean it's like you know what warren buffett would say right the number one rule in in stock market investing not trading is don't lose your capital so for us that's what it is we've created value and equity in the company and for us we want to make sure we don't lose that first right even if it means the growth is not significantly or it doesn't come at significantly uh you know crazy paces like what you said right like just mm-hmm. invest and, and multiply whatever cost <clears throat> yep 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 i think uh, uh, going back in time when ke thoda piche chalte hain time mein and i remember ki jab hum last time discussion kar rahe the you were saying ki 2008 mein uh, you were in the us and you were working for a company and tab you saw and i, I believe you're very young back then but still you had two three startups that you had done in the past uske pehle bhi right uh, but then you saw an ad for uh, with people looking for a co-founder someone was looking for a co-founder right uh, he is he problem statement tab bhi hai uh especially and abhi bhi hai tab bhi thi and abhi bhi hai especially people looking for tech found, co-founders right kya hua tab what are you thinking when you saw the ad looking for a co-founder uh, way back in 2008 in the us yeah let me give you some context on on the on what exactly happened right so so i was uh, with a us based company us startup uh, i mean they they weren't called startup back then but they all they raised a lot of venture capital they were based in the bay area just besides mountain view when google was still building out their campuses like it was not like today right it was still under uh, a lot of construction going on so so i was in the bay area back in 2008 and uh, yeah i mean i was there for a period of 3 4 months 3 4 months and then in that time frame it was weird right like i've never seen something like this uh, you know where i was like i would we got some newspapers at office and like you know you go to the lobby you start like i was just reading these newspapers and people had put ads to like co-founder wanted and that amazed me like usually they you know coming from an indian upbringing upbringing usually you see people putting ads for jobs right like even for <laughs> like getting married <laughs> right or yeah or it's like companies putting ads for their product right i have never seen an ad in in my lifetime or or back in the day for somebody saying like co-founder wanted and and i thought that was like insane and and that i that got me curious about that culture uh in there and obviously i'd seen a lot of that in the company i was working with as well although it was limited time but i'd seen some of that as well and i think uh, it was like quite exciting to me in terms of you know what happened uh in that entire 3 uh, months time frame so yeah i mean uh i felt i mean obviously i i didn't go you know join any startup from that co-founder ad uh per se but i think that led to sort of getting that itch back to to then i quit my job came back uh you know and then i started my fa- fast food outlet right which was actually mm. a momo shop <laughs> in amdavad so that was an interesting journey i mean that is what get, got me or got my itch back in terms of like what i needed to do but that's that's an interesting aspect of this was back in 2008 like you said right just before the crash happened what's up guys pritesh here i hope you are enjoying the podcast so far i want to take a moment to just personally ask you for your help If you're enjoying the podcast, would you be willing to share it to someone who you think would love it to maybe a friend, a family member or social media or even in a conversation with someone you can mention. You know the recommendation means the world to us. And because of people like you that we are able to produce this podcast on a weekly basis. So thank you so much for your support so far and I would love if you could help us reach more people who would love and benefit from it. 
really appreciate it and now back to what we do best hmm. i think ads like these uh, co-founder wanted uh, that that problem state of frankly speaking still exists i, I think meko yaad aa raha hai i was reading this dropbox story somewhere dropbox story dropbox is another y combinator company right uh, yep. uh, the dropbox founder uh, drew hosten he was uh, earlier building a test prep company sat test ke liye bana rahe the wo company ek and so he used the product that he had built uh, to interview sat test ke jo product bana tha he used it to interview and analyze people for co-founder roles for his next startup and uh, and which is dropbox right uh, and eventually uh, after a very long period of using that tool for analyzing people for his co-founder um, he failed he failed he was not able to find someone right and then what happened is that uh, luckily in the process he made uh, his co-founder arash who eventually uh, became co-founder for dropbox i believe uh, so i think that problem uh, way back in 2008 9 jo tha wo abhi bhi chala aa raha hai इंडियन कंटेक्स में थोड़ा सा कम है बिकॉज टिपिकली यू नो लॉट ऑफ पीपल फ्रेंड्स विद लॉट ऑफ पीपल फ्रॉम कॉलेज रिलेशनशिप सस्टेन फ्रेंड्स एट वर्क राइट बट यूएस में अभी भी बहुत बड़ा प्रॉब्लम चला आ रहा है बट आई थिंक आई वॉन्ट टू कम बैक टू प्लीवो आई वॉन्ट टू अंडरस्टैंड वॉट हैज बीन योर मोस्ट मेमोरेबल एक्सपीरियंस बिल्डिंग प्लीवो सो फार Sure. Uh, I think most is hard to pick, right? Because mm-hmm. we've been doing this for 13 mm-hmm. years, so I have a few of them. I, I I don't think I could pick one of them and say most memorable as such. But yeah, essentially, uh, I mean, I think this is applicable to every every startup, right? The first one is like you know your first customers, first five customers. So yeah, that I think was obviously memorable because you know initially when you start building out, you almost are questioning yourself: Is this going to work? Who's going to pay for it? Like, does the Uh, you know have you built what is required and all of that so i think getting our first five customers obviously was memorable and how did you get your first customer that would be an interesting story yeah yeah so i mean we actually uh, were an open source uh, platform before or an open source product before uh, project is the right word uh, maybe open source project before and uh, so we were speaking at a conference in chicago uh, for that open source conference where we were presenting on how you use the framework and uh, you know create a quick sample demo and so on that's what we were doing on stage after the uh, demo was done you know we walked down to somebody in the audience who came up to us and said look this was pretty cool it's an open source project i can you put this on the cloud and uh, if you do that for me i'll be a paying customer and we were like uh, you know why would you like why would you say you want you want to pay us and not do this yourself and you know he was sort of explaining to us that is already using some other product it doesn't solve for what we had in the open source product but he also, he also did not want to manage things on the cloud because it needed expertise or like technology expertise on infrastructure devops so on and so forth right like now what we call devops back in the day was you know basically any everything was engineering but but yeah i mean and we were like yeah actually we were not sure whether he would pay and we, uh, but then we said like what do you want us to do and and he gave us two features that we needed to build which we thought would take us like two three weeks and put this on the cloud So we said, all in all, like it's a month's work. Why don't we just do it, and uh, we'll see how it goes. And we were actually not thinking he would pay, but yeah, he became our first paying customer, and it was game on. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. And and I believe uh, uh, you, Michael, is your other co-founder, right? Uh, is yeah, a, yeah. Is a French national. Uh, how did you meet Mike? Uh, is, is 
पेट नेम माइक आई बिलीव राइट माइक से कैसे मिले फ्रेंच है एंड आई बिलीव की यू हैव ऑल्सो बीन रिजेक्टेड लास्ट टाइम यूर डिस्कसिंग आई रिमेबर यू टेलिंग मी यूव ऑल्सो बीन रिजेक्टेड एट वाई सी दर्स्ट टाइम की फाउंडर्स अभी तक तो इन पर्सन मिले ही नहीं है राइट जस्ट इस रीजन के लिए राइट तो माइक के साथ कंपनी कैसे स्टार्ट किया Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, this goes back to your co-founder thing, right? Finding a co-founder. So, I mean, look, uh, I did, didn't have an intention to start Levo as a company. It was an open source project. So, I I just put my code online, and I come from a telecom slash dev background, and also done a bit of uh, sales engineering before this, right? Uh, before Levo, that is. So, I I came from that background. So, you know, I I was sort of the problem we were solving at Levo was how do you take all the telecom complexity, right? Like, which is I think most folks. don't want to understand it and and they don't understand it right so all of that complexity to folks who are disrupting and innovating so if you see you know back in 2011 what was cool was companies were getting funded because you were you know building a mobile app because of the apple phenomena like the iphone phenomena mm-hmm. you're building a mobile app a web app and all of that was happening back in the day so that was what was cool and that was what was getting funded so all the disruption was happening there so our thought process or at least my thought process was how do you bring all the you know communication complexity uh which is like a uh you know a need if you will right and how do you bring all of that to the the web and the telecom uh, sorry the web and the mobile folks and uh marry both of that so if you marry both of that we could move at web pace and and all the disruption right but you sort of don't need to you know worry about all the telecom complexity so that was the thought process i mean we like i said i didn't have a, a thought to start a company so we said uh, i mean i said let's build a project i just wrote some code on github and then i got stuck with something because i was using a library in python i got stuck with something i started searching on github if somebody else had solved it then i found mike's code there and i pinged them and said like how did you solve this and he explained that to me right uh, and i mean clearly that's why he's a cto of the company <laughs> right so he he told me how he solved it uh, right and then uh, i i was like okay you're doing something similar uh, why don't we just do it together instead of, of doing it separately because it's anyways an open source project we don't have any commercial intentions and he said yeah sure so we just merged our code base uh, start did that for the next 3 4 months and that's when you know after 4 months is when the chicago thing happened so yeah and and that's how all of that happened and then when we sort of uh applied uh, okay so yc happened then and as in like happened as in yc application time happened uh, i applied and actually it was not like we never met we met once right mm-hmm. before yc and that was not enough like that's what pg told us paul grant told us uh, like that was not enough for us as a founder in fact like we had worked together for almost 7 8 months before yc right uh, during open source and and after that and all of that but we had just met once and uh, we mentioned that in the application and we got rejected because uh, of that but that's how we met right i reached out to him on github and we started working together for you know 5 6 7 months and and post that two months later we applied to ic and we got rejected and so i specifically uh, reached out to uh, paul graham and yeah back in the day it was pretty much paul graham hands on right yc was not what it was today or it is today uh, so yeah i mean he basically responded back and said look uh, you guys have met only once for us founder chemistry is super important right like you spoke about meeting mm-hmm. your co-founder and it's still a big thing so he basically said we prefer two co-founders than one uh, founder and then we also need the founders to have a lot of history like you know went to school together you know worked on on other hobby projects and so on and so forth uh, we did not have that background uh, so yeah he just said uh, like we don't we don't think we we can take you in right now i think i think uh, venki i think uh, 
जब यू गाइज वेंट इन टू वाई कॉम्बिनेटर ना तो वाई सी के भी अर्ली डेज थे वो राइट आई थिंक टू थाउजेंड ट्वेल्व वाई सी इज वॉट टू थाउजेंड फाइव कंपनी टू थाउजेंड फाइव स्टार्ट हुई थी अभी भी वाई सी को स्टार्ट हुए ही बहुत कम साल हुए थे पॉल ग्राम स्टार्टेड इट इन या आई थिंक एफ आई कर क्लियर में टू थाउजेंड फाइव वाई सी का फर्स्ट मेजर सक्सेस ए आर बी एन बी ड्रॉप बॉक्स स्ट्राइप ये मेजर सक्सेस थे फर्स्ट दैट गॉट वाई सी दी फेम प्रॉब्लम दीज आर नॉट कंपनीज दैट आर बिग इनफ बैक दैन राइट उसके पहले वाई सी हेड कंपनीज दो इट हेड कंपनीज ट्विच रेट ये सब हुए थे आई थिंक माइकल सिबल ट्विच के इज रनिंग दी वाई सी इट सेल्फ हिमसेल्फ नाउ इट्स कम फुल सर्कल बट वेन यू स्टार्टेड अपलाइंग फॉर वाई सी तब शायद ही कोई बहुत बड़ी कंपनी हुई थी वाई सी से निकली हुई सो वॉट आर रीजन टू अप्लाई फॉर वाई सी बेसिकली दो हजार ग्यारह बारह में वाई सी का स्ट्रक्चर वैल्यू इंपॉर्टेंस क्या था एक सैस कंपनी के लिए फॉर एग्जाम्पल Huh, so this goes back to my 2008 trip in the Bay Area, right? So I had uh, I'd seen that co-founder ad, and then I had, you know, been to. I mean, they didn't have a formal office office like how they have right now, but I'd heard, you know, that this is where initial startups are founded, and and I'd I'd heard the Facebook story of how, you know, I mean, I'm, I've seen the movie now, but how you know Zuckerberg sort of had that house. Uh, the hacker house is what they call it now, right? Mm-hmm. In in Palo Alto. Uh, so I'd, we'd h- heard of all of those stories, and use, uh, basis that like I'd started researching online, and I would I had seen Paul Graham writing his essays, right? So that's when all of this started out, where he would write essays, and he would you know back in the day talk about like how he thought about founders, and uh, you know what uh, is required to start start thinking from that you know mindset and mentality. So I think it was just purely that uh, you know. Sort of being connected in. I still remember, like after my uh, 2008 stint, I was with uh, Huawei for a couple of years, and even when I was, you know, travel like internationally in in China and and Brazil, I would read his essays, and you know, that would remind mm-hmm. me of saying, "Look, you are in the corporate world right now, but like you belong somewhere else, right?" So that would remind you, uh, uh, you know, more often than not. So I think it was mostly that, and then reality kicked in, like uh, you know, uh, one fine day and. Then I, uh, you know, quit my job and started this open source project uh, after Huawei. And when I did that, it was obvious to see. I mean, I, I don't think I thought we would have a we would have a chance to get into YC. I thought it was just completely a long shot. Because think about it, right? Uh, two founders who have met once, uh, you know, from different countries. Uh, we have no background into doing like formal software startups. Like all everything else was. I I wouldn't call them startups, right? They were like much lower scale mm-hmm. in, in terms of what I had done before. I'd done three before, but they were. Uh, you know, very early stage, and it was not like this. So yeah, I mean, I don't think we we thought anything would work out, but it was just a long shot to see what happens, and we just applied. But it was just purely, you know, from that uh, sort of inclination and reading a lot of the Paul Graham articles and essays. Got it. And then sort of, Plevo uh, took off, and I believe uh, you started as an open source, like you mentioned, and slowly Plevo uh, transitioned into a. Cloud-based platform. Uh, can you tell us the uh, story behind that? Because open source, I think why why that becomes very relevant is open source is making a comeback right now, right? Yeah. As yeah. we talk, uh, we talked about distribution becoming more and more difficult in B two B businesses in SaaS companies, right? Uh, open source is now being uh, portrayed as a brilliant distribution strategy, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was back then as well, but it's way more dominant today as a strategy. so what made you say transition from an open source uh, platform or open source code base uh, let's say to uh, cloud service sure yeah so 
I mean, that's an interesting question. Honestly, we did not intend to transition. We thought we'll have open source and then we'll figure out how to make money and, and some have a different business model. But like I said, our first customers had put in the cloud and we'll be paying customers. So that's how we got started out, right? Like uh, back then. So that was our initial beginning. But uh, what we realized over time, I mean, I'll just quickly explain, you know, how we make money on the cloud today, right? And then I think you'll, you'll see like why our cloud model makes more sense for us than open source. So let's say when you install, you know, one of these apps like a WhatsApp or what have you, uh, you, you get an OTP notification to verify your phone, right? Uh, or you order something from one of these delivery apps like a Zomato, right? Uh, you get notified uh, either via an SMS or, you know, sometimes you get these marketing campaigns running on you on WhatsApp or, uh, you know, when you're calling uh, somebody uh, uh, like like a service, uh, once you've bought something and you're talking to the contact center. Uh, so all of these use cases behind the scene are powered by us uh, for the communication channel. So the, the telephony mm-hmm. channel, right? And we make money by you know, SMS sent received per minute of voice calls and all of that stuff. So for us to be able to sort of reliably provide this service, there are three layers in our business. There is software layer, which was open source, right? Which is what actually simplified all of the telecom complexity into just web code, right? So any web developer could use it. That's what we have on the cloud today, which is the API layer. The second layer is our, uh, the telecom layer, right? Which is the actual SMS, the actual voice call. It needs to be going through some, you know, uh, legally uh, approved telecom carrier in each country, right? So that's a big piece of it. And third, obviously, making sure your software and telecom is like distributed across the globe uh, with with on the, on the servers and on the cloud. Like back in 2011, Amazon was still, like remember those days, mm-hmm. AWS was still like in its infancy. AWS was not what it is today, right? So we actually were not in AWS in our initial days. Like we actually were on, on a different hosting provider called Rackspace and we had built out our own cloud layer to scale this. So we had to solve these three problems for the customer to see value, right? Customer would not see value in only one layer. And and if you think about it now, like if you just did open source, the customer would have to do the other two, right? Which is why for us, open source was hard. Uh, and and we solved for all of these three problems and you know the uh, cloud became easy from a billing perspective. We still kept open source alive for the next, I think, you know, 12 to uh, 15 months. But but essentially, we figured out, I think it was much more seamless for the customers to just be use our cloud offering, yeah, right? And then just pay us for mm-hmm. a consumption model, a usage-based consumption model. So we just did that and we scaled from there. Got it. And, and uh, as you started to scale, uh, you built teams across US and India, right? Uh, but Mike is French, right? Uh, he comes from France. Uh, your other co-founder and Plevoki mostly team US mein based hai ya India mein based hai. Uh, that's what you guys decided. A conscious decision that I believe that Europe mein uh, team nahi banani hai. Uh, kabhi France mein team banane ke liye socha. What happened? Kyun? Yeah. So uh, just to give you context, our teams uh, India mein is all all of our R and D product, right? Uh, engineering everything is in India, and then. Uh, the GTM, the go-to-market teams for US is in US, right? So sales, customer success, uh, US support, all of that happens from there. Uh, marketing, right? All of that happens from there. Uh, so yes, back in 2011 uh, or not 11, 2012, we were actually debating whether we want to, you know, hire in India or in France. Like US was uh, sort of not a question mark. Like it was a question mark from a product perspective, like R&D perspective. But we were thinking France versus India. In fact, we thought actually deeply thought about France because not just because why a Mike being from France, but also there is like amazing A plus player telecom mm-hmm. talent in France. 
right? So, so a great set of folks who are very good at like video and you know uh, telecom and uh, Python, and so they're like very good talent there. In fact, Mike was also you know one of them, right? So it was very good talent there. So we actually debated that a lot. Uh, we almost almost hired somebody there. We actually interviewed a few folks there. We almost hired somebody there before India. And what we realized is the the labor laws were very complicated, right? Uh, for for us, like when we were making that offer, uh, although Mike had sort of given me that heads up because he was you know working in France at that point, uh, when we offered somebody and we were, like as a sorry when we interviewed somebody and when we were about to make an offer, the offer discussions were a lot of nuances around some of these things, right? And that got us very skeptical, saying, "Look, one mistake and we are going to be in trouble." <laughs> so we said, "Let's not take that risk." And uh, then we said, okay, why don't we try to hire the next three or four folks in India in the next 30, 45 days? Let's see how it goes. And if it doesn't work, we'll figure out some other workarounds in being able to hire in France. Because there was a lot of talent there right, in, in France, uh, but maybe not get them on our payroll. That was our thought process. But the next you know, 60, 90 days, we were able to hire you know, first three devs in India. And then we never looked back, right? We just uh, went from there. And when you talk about, say, hiring from India versus, say, hiring talent from the US or Europe, uh, how do you think the talent compares? Uh, I think, okay, so I'm talking 2011. I think a lot of things have changed mm-hmm. between then mm-hmm. now and then, mm-hmm. right? 2011, 12. But you're still hiring uh, in the US, right? You still hire people in the US, maybe in business roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But yeah. In in business, no. So all of our R&D, engineering and product roles are everything's in India, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, like I said, a lot of things have changed over time. So I'll give you a perspective of how it was then and what we see now. Uh, back then, we did not have a lot of product company exposure you know mm-hmm. like the engineering folks did not or devs did not have a lot of product company exposure in 2011 12 right it was usually companies that were doing services companies or companies that were mncs right uh, like the adobe's of the world or the microsoft of the world or the google's of the world with them having an office in india like that was what it was back in the day mm-hmm. right flipkart was still a very early stage company so you can imagine the landscape Right. Uh, so even Flipkart wasn't there. That was like one of the, uh, you know, sort of benchmark startup companies in India back in the day. Right. So getting talent was very, very difficult back in the day. Uh, and so that was one thing. But also, I think the uh, harder thing also was convincing them to come join us. Right. Because mm-hmm. people had not like people are not uh, you know willing to sort of convince their families or themselves convinced to go join early stage companies. Right. So so I think that was an interesting point where. Talent was, uh, you know, from that perspective, talent was harder. I think at that point, French talent was like much better for us, specifically mm-hmm. for Plevo, right? Because they had an understanding of telecom and they were like very strong at Python kind of technologies, right? So web, DevOps, like all of that. What we call now DevOps, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they, they used to call it SysOps, right? Uh, system operations. So so that was very, very strong then uh, in France, right? So, so that was the technology landscape, but we were lucky enough to sort of be able to hire our first three folks so what, what we did, we sort of played it smartly. We said, we're not going to hire standard corporate folks. Let's hire people who are like G-Sockers, Google Summer Accord mm-hmm. folks, right? Let's hire those kind of folks who have some ambition in them to like work on these, you know, early stage products, uh, uh, projects, right? Uh, so we hired, uh, you know, three of those folks. And uh, yeah, I mean, we just got started. But I think the next five, seven years, the landscape completely changed. Where VC funding came in, there are a lot of startups. Uh, you know, I think now we're seeing the government talk about startups and unicorns, right? I mean, I think the game is very, very different right now. I think you have like top-notch A talent, A plus talent in, in India now, right? Uh, not just now, I think for the last four, five, six years, right? Like the talent pool is solid from an engineering product perspective. I think B2B product 
talent is still evolving i would say but uh, you know but i i don't think it's a show stopper right because there's so much material online to sort of read from and learn from but there is a lot of b2c folks but from an engineering dev perspective there are solid folks now in the market mm-hmm. where uh, yeah we have just taken a call to just hire all of our uh, you know engineering and product folks in india now but uh, there's one more nuance though uh, although we didn't consider this but i think when we started out our cost structure was very very lean back in the day right uh, in in 2011 cuz i think the cost structure for hiring tech folks was very different and i feel like uh, so france i mean this is a very interesting economic i mm-hmm. i i, I want to share with whoever is listening to this right back in the day like when we were hired devs in india to somebody like in europe in france specifically the difference was i would say uh, 3 to 4x from a compensation perspective right economically maybe more actually right maybe 3 to 5x uh, where france was on the higher side 5x difference right uh, uh, yeah i think 3 is on the lower side but it could even go to 3 to 7x let's mm-hmm. just say that mm-hmm. right that was the difference in terms of compensation back in 2011 2012 and today i mean you'll be amazed that if i give you these numbers today today i think india is almost at parity right like i think uh, in some cases we see france to be lesser than india from a compensation perspective and it's like that's how the graph has changed right so uh, either you know india's 0.8 like the range is between 0.8 like india being 0.8 of france to 1.5x of france salaries right so that that's the gap i mean i would even say in some hires like specific hires uh, you are sort of matching tier 2 uh, cities and states even in the us now like indian salaries right uh, tier 2 not even tier 2 tier 3 maybe right you're you're matching those salaries there so i think india has like come way up and i think that graph is only going to go up as the indian gdp grows more and more I think what has happened also is that Indian talent has become way more open to experimenting, and way more Absolutely. open to challenges also, right? I think uh, what I've seen is that I, I'm I'm just surprised you mentioned Flipkart and GSOC. Both of these things are very close to my heart. I think I'll I'll tell you a crazy story. I think what happened is that uh, Sachin Mansal was in is my college senior, is my department senior. He was in my in my department way back in 2010, if I'm not remembering it wrong, uh, 2010 or 11. Uh, I was giving a talk around uh, startup ecosystem, and, and it, like you rightly mentioned, it was a very small company. It was, wasn't a large company. The startup scene looked very open. Nahi the. And I remember the, in that room there were only nine people listening to Sachin Mansal. Nine. That's it. <laughs> I was one of them. I was one of them, uh, and uh, I was so mesmerized. I was so. taken away by what he talked about and he talked about how startups are the future and everything right uh, that was my that was when i started my first company uh, it was in e-commerce itself uh, it was a reverse bidding company in e-commerce uh, way back in i was in my second year of college i believe back then uh, i think uh, uh, but from there to now and i have been in the startup scene for pretty for all my life i can also see that clearly the kind of talent and also that the talent is ready to jump into the fact that talent is ready to jump into startups jump into challenges uh, and jump into problems that they don't know how to solve right but they will find a solution to it and they will solve it right all of that has changed uh, that psychology has changed and uh, people are also jumping into startups because they want to build startups in the future that is one big thing that has also uh, emerged over the last 4 5 years i believe uh, i think uh, we're headed for uh, Uh, I would definitely say India is going to be uh, this decade is for India. India is going to be one of the uh, economic powers in the uh, coming years, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I have a, I have a strong opinion on that. Uh, I mean, I am not sure we should just assume or take it for granted that India will be. I think we need to still mm-hmm. work hard for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because I've seen 
you know how countries are messed up by just assuming that they will go big and uh, you know things don't work out right so just assuming we'll get there i think it's just complacency i i think there is going to be a lot of or it's needed that there is a lot of hard work to make mm-hmm. that happen otherwise it's it's not for we shouldn't take it for granted yep 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 i think i i, I want to uh, talk a little bit about uh, the fundraise also that uh, you guys made right that we discussed uh, the starting of the episode uh, which is pivonic chota sa round kiya tha right kabhi i think around the yc days and uske baad se you have been running profitably profitably uh, but pivonic kabhi bhi growth ke liye vcs se ya investors se koi uh, funders nahi kiya uh, so you never raised venture capital uh, any specific reasons why sure so just to give you a bit of context in terms of uh, you know how much money we raised so we raised under 2 million dollars right uh, less than 2 million dollars and from a scale perspective uh, you know company scale perspective we're pretty late stage uh, from a revenue standpoint so an easily series b company uh, you know last year we did upwards of 50 million in revenue actually it's much higher than 50 but i'm giving you a range right let's just say it's between 50 and 100 let's just say that right uh, yeah somewhere somewhere in the middle so mm-hmm. that's what we did last year so i mean but it didn't happen like it wasn't planned from day one that we will not raise any money which is why we ended up raising money in the initial days because we wanted credibility we wanted those logos of investor brands otherwise we thought it would hard be it be hard for companies to trust us now during like that was in 2012 from 2012 to 2000 i mean almost even like 2022 when it was fa- you know fashionable to raise money we've gone back and forth so many times sort of uh you know either getting in, inbound interest or like different offers or all of that right uh, in terms of raising or uh, you know people wanting to put capital let's just put it that way right uh, so yeah it was never intended that we would never raise any more rounds uh, after that i think it just happened to be for whatever reasons that we never ended up closing those discussions or going deep in those discussions there were a couple of times around 2017 18 that we went deep in terms of you know those discussions but we were never aligned on the you know we did not think our those valuations were justified from what we got right uh, so yeah we just said no and and i think in in hindsight it was a great decision uh, and i think just recently 2022 uh, right uh, like i said it was fashionable all my peers were raising money mm-hmm. uh, we thought we should raise money too and and it was tempting but i mean having seen those sine waves of like when 2021 2022 it's like a sine wave on the high when everybody's just you know running on that high right and you see these public company ceos their stocks up 10 20x and then suddenly you see such a you know low uh, from a public company standpoint i and you know me and my actually uh, mike actually had a long discussion around this and you know we've made up our mind we don't want to raise money like we say no funding no ipo right mm-hmm. uh, we don't want to do that cuz look i mean at the end of the day i don't think we want to be running a company when in the high you're chasing only one thing which is growth and on the low then you are like sort of you know letting go of people and figuring out how do you sort of uh, just make it work uh, you know beyond that time right so i don't think we are the right people or the right sort of leaders to run that kind of company like we don't get excited and we i don't think we can get out of bed with that mindset so uh, you know we have made up our mind that we we sort of don't want to raise you know money anymore like we are very clear on that if you enjoyed this it would mean a lot to me if you subscribe and share your thoughts reviews and the guests you want Join our group in the description and dobara milte hain next discussion mein